Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. Vince, how you doing? Very well. How about yourself? I am great. I am very excited because we have Jesse Close with us. Jesse, say hello. Hi, everybody, Vince and Gabe and everyone else. And, and all of our <laughs> millions and millions of <laughs> listeners. I have known Jesse for a little while, a couple of years. We, we met uh, online and... Yeah. She has been on the cover of Bipolar Magazine, which I have written for, uh, and you've done stuff for NAMI, and of course, we know about Bring Change to Mind, but we also share a diagnosis. We're both bipolar. Yay! Yay! good people. Of course, we are great people, and (laughs) now it's two people living with bipolar disorder and only Vincent, so uh, who lives with persistent depressive disorder. So we outrank you. There's yeah. a ranking? <laughs> There's a ranking in this? Okay. There's we not, but it is two one. against one. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. So you know, you know what now? Gabe, now that you brought up the, the bipolar thing, Jesse, I, I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of your diagnosis, you were diagnosed fairly late in life compared to the average. Isn't that right? Yes, 50. I was 50. Yeah, I really went through a, a long period of mourning for what could have been if I hadn't so consistently destroyed everything in my life over and over again with mania. And almost took my life, which would have destroyed my family mm-hmm. with the depression. So now that I'm, let's see, uh, 14 years, I am 14 years, uh, what would you say? In treatment? It, yes. In recovery? Thank you. In recovery, yeah. In recovery, yeah. Oh, and I am also a recovering alcoholic, and I will be... 17 years sober, February 1st. Congratulations. Yay, congratulations. Yay. And I just want to mention that alcoholism, my doctor said that alcoholism is also a mental illness and that if I hadn't been four years sober before I got treatment, that I would have had to sober up first. So I was... I thought by this just sobering up that I would be okay, but I wasn't because I was dealing with bipolar disorder. Right. But right. at least at least I was sober when I went to the hospital. So So do you think the alcoholism actually got in the way of you being diagnosed earlier? Yes. Interesting. I do. Many people who suffer from mental illness do tend to self-medicate with alcohol or drugs or overeating. In, in my case, we, we just try to find ways to escape the pain. So it's not uncommon, but of course it, it does or make sex. it more difficult yeah, or, or sex. <laughs> That's hypersexuality is sex a big, is thing a big one. 
in, in bipolar disorder. Yeah. Uh, anything to numb the pain. I mean, it's, it's mental right. illness is it's painful. And if we can find ways to escape it, we're going to do it because, uh, ah, uh, and, uh, man, man, I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about all the things that I did and they're kind of passing through my brain. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. And, yeah. And, and it's scary, but I'm glad that you got through to the other side. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're here and we're, we're really excited to be talking to you because you've, you've done a lot. You've, uh, you've, you've turned the negativity that you went through and you turned it into a positive and you turned it into a positive because you speak out and you've got a big platform. Yeah, I do. I'm very, I'm very fortunate, but I must say my son who is 36 now and very stable was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And because I think a lot of my recovery has been because of him I needed to be stable, and we've come through a lot together, my son and I, and actually, we just went and had our monthly blood draw together yesterday. (laughs) Um, That's bonding time, right? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) in the lab. What's your son's name? Kalen Pick, P-I-C-K. Excellent. And I understand he has a website too. He does. Uh, com. He's an amazing artist. Oh, great. And yeah. Jesse, was he diagnosed before you or or after you? Before me. Okay. So Jesse, your initial introduction into sort of mental illness and, and the mental health community was as a family member because you were taking care of your son. Now, Obviously, you you were born with bipolar disorder. You just hadn't been diagnosed yet. But here you are trying to find resources for your son, correct? Yeah. Yeah. How did that go? It it went well, actually. Um, I unfortunately was the one who had to take him to this hospital. And I think my emotions surrounding leaving him at the hospital were so intense. I don't know if you've ever had a mixed episode, but I was depressed and manic at the same time, and it got worse. He he would call me from the hospital and beg me to allow him to come home, and that just couldn't happen. So... But then I do remember in the beginning, he was there for about two weeks and they'd done a lot of tests and a doctor called and they told me that he was probably schizophrenic. And at the time, that word scared me so much. And here I was unmedicated, undiagnosed, trying to deal with all this. Here's my oldest son. I have two sons and a daughter. And I was on the phone with my parents and I said, you mean the doctors think he's schizophrenic? And my mom said, yes. And I literally dropped on the floor and started screaming. And an interesting aside to that is his brother went to a boarding school back east and I called 
his advisor and I ended up talking to his advisor's wife and she said, well, you know, I have a 34 year old daughter who's schizophrenic. And I said, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Here, here I am coming from not knowing anything. And she said, no, 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 it's okay. It's really okay. And it, took me years to get to where that woman was to be able to say, it's okay. It's just, it's a brain disease. It's, it's okay. For many people, the word schizophrenia is, is terrifying because it, there's yep. so much stigma wrapped up in it. There's, there's so much discrimination, but there's so much misinformation for many people just hearing mm-hmm. the word schizophrenia conjures these images of, you know, rocking back and forth of, in a chair of, of drooling of violence, but it, yeah, it's, that's just so untrue and you need so much education. And now you have come all the way through to the other side and you become an ambassador through the program yeah. or through the organization, bring change to mind. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Can you I tell am. us what bring change to mind is? Well, <laughs> when Kaylin was so sick and first went to the hospital, I was still drinking and I fortified myself with some vodka and I called my sister, Glenn, and I said, there is so much discrimination out there. I had no idea. Is there any way you can help? And she did her homework for two years and then co-founded Bring Change to Mind. And it started in 2009 and uh, both Kaylin and I and his little sister Maddie went to New York to shoot our very first PSA. And here we are standing in Grand Central Station, which you know how loud that is. Very loud. With Kaylin had a t-shirt that said schizophrenia on it and I had bipolar on my t-shirt and his little sister had sister on her t-shirt and Glennie had asked Ron Howard to direct it, which he did. And I couldn't remember my, my one line. (laughs) So Ron Howard wrote it out on a piece of cardboard and taped it to the, lens the bottom of the lens bless his heart and uh, we it's 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 an extremely powerful PSA and it's been seen by multiple millions I don't know if you guys do you remember that PSA I do remember that PSA and it's so beautiful and I just love it because it shows all of these people walking through Central Terminal And they're all wearing different shirts that that say different things. Uh, Glenn's closest shirt says sister. Other people say, you know, PTSD. Um, Obviously, uh, your shirt, Jesse, says bipolar. And uh, everybody just comes together and has this beautiful song playing in the background. And it's just so spot on. Because everybody's yeah. just walking past each other, just going about their day, but we're all living with all of these various things. But in, in art, you know, if I were there, my shirt would also say bipolar. And as I just walk right. past 
people, they would never know if I wasn't wearing that shirt because I'm just going about my day. Well, at the, at the very end of the PSA, all the t-shirts change to different colors so you don't see the right. label. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and the whole thing says change. The, the, the big word at the end of it is, is change uh, because we have to bring change to mind. We're going to step away to hear a word from our sponsor. We're talking with Jesse Close and we'll be back in a second. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psych central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psych central. Hey everyone, the Psych Central Show podcast has our own Facebook group. Anybody can join and we hope that you will. Just go to psychcentral.com slash FB show, all lowercase, and it'll take you right there. Ask to join, we'll approve you, and you can interact with Gabe, Vin, and other fans. It's the best place to suggest topics and, well, say whatever you want. Everything Psych Central Show podcast lives there. Welcome back. We are here talking with Jesse Close, and what I would like to ask her right now is this. How did your son's diagnosis and recovery help you with yours? I don't know that it did. Okay. That's a fair answer. Yeah. It was so stressful that I, I think it damaged me in, in some ways. I'm glad that I got help. And I got help because I had stopped in Wyoming where our parents used to live. They're both gone now. And... Both my sisters were there, and I had my little girl, Maddie, with me, and we had been down in Denver, and we're driving home to Montana, and I had this voice in my head that kept saying, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. I mean, it was relentless, and I went up to Glenn, who, she's six years older than me, and she's always kind of been there for me. And I knew that I could tell her, and I did. And a week later, I was in the hospital. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a bad time. You know, Gabe, what stress does when you're bipolar and trying to live a, being a productive and yeah. being a good citizen and doing your work and mental illness just completely destroys any semblance of normalcy. So I, I still drove all the way back up to Montana, but um, we had a plan. My daughter's father came and stayed with her at my house so she didn't have to move everything. And uh, I went to the hospital for two weeks. That was, that was the beginning. Now that both Kaylin and I are stable, we have a connection. Not only he is my eldest son, but we have the connection of mental illness, and that keeps us very close. So how his illness affected me, we understand each other now implicitly. You know, in the beginning, though, when he was so sick, 
I mean, he was psychotic off the charts. And I don't know, Gabe, if you can relate trying to deal with somebody like that when you're undiagnosed. It was hell. And the doctors actually at the hospital told me that I couldn't talk to him on the phone anymore because I was just freaking out all the time. It was horrible. So it's not an uncommon thing. Unfortunately, my, I, I have a little bit of experience in that, you know, my family unknowingly made it worse for me. They weren't trying to, they didn't, their, their intentions were good, as I'm sure your intentions were good. But yeah, my, mm-hmm. my family in some cases made, made it worse for me. Uh, and I was mad at them for a long time for that uh, until I realized well, yeah. that it, was, it was not intentional on their part. We were just all flying blind. It's, of course, I think going to be interesting to our listeners because it's interesting to me that, you, you know, your, your sister is... is you know, she, she's a, a, a Hollywood actress. I mean, she's famous, of course. And, but all of these, the things that happen to your family are the same things that happen to everybody's family because mental illness doesn't discriminate. Another question that I want to ask you, and it's, was it harder for you to go through this having a famous sister? Because did, did it put more eyes on you? Did it put more stress on you? Were, were you afraid that what was going on with you and, and your son was impacting your sister's career? Did, did any of that play no. a factor in it? No, I have wondered if being involved with or founding Bring Change to Mind would turn some people off in Hollywood, but she's very fierce about it. She said, well, if they if, you know, if it's going to affect somebody's thinking about me, then, you know, four-letter word, <laughs> them. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it just, family comes first. That's how we all think in this family. She she thought about it. I mean, she thought about it for, for a long time. And there are probably some people out there who look down on her because of her association but we just had our big huge bring change to mind annual fundraiser in san francisco they're usually in new york but oh it was so amazing robin williams's son zach is now on our board and his three children did a tribute to him and a tribute to Billy Crystal, who was there and went up on stage and received a, a beautiful award. And uh, the stories he had to tell about Robin were just amazing. And I'm bringing this up because people who are in the public eye, it's unfortunate, but they, they are given more credibility than just regular citizens like we are. And um, it brings the focus, and then we can do our work. It brings the focus on what needs to be done. And we have a college program, and we have a high school program. And all you have to do to get involved with either of those, if you want to start one in your own college or your own high school, you can go to Bring Change to Mind and they will send you these amazing packets of 
I just wrote to the vice principal at our high school here in Bozeman, and I said, all you have to do is implement this. It is all written out, you know, how exactly it's to be done and taking all the legal in into account with the high school program, especially the adults have to be involved in, uh, you know, the kids these days, they're amazing. I think we're really, really changing the whole concept of mental illness with the younger generation. They seem to understand it. They seem to not be freaked out by it. You know, Kalen's 36, lost all his friends. I think if he was that sick now in high school, I don't think he'd lose so many friends because the information is out there now and they are absorbing it. Yeah. So that really gives me hope. I completely agree with you. One of the things that I'm seeing is because of the work that that you and your sister and your sister's friends, uh, who, like you pointed out, are a bunch of famous Hollywood types, have done is really get this message out in front of younger people. Because younger people, you know, they consume a lot of media, watch a lot of movies. And I've noticed that when I speak to... uh, I speak to, in my job as a speaker, I speak to a lot of different age groups. And when I speak to college kids, they're completely open about it. They're open about diagnosis. They're open about their friends. And when I speak to people who are my age, we're a little bit more open about it. We'll talk about therapy and mental health, but, you know, Mm -hmm. severe and persistent mental illness, we're still a bit guarded. And of course, when when I talk to you know, much older people, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80s, it's, you know, that, that's, that's where the real uh, hiding really sets in. So, yeah, when I talk to younger yeah. people, they're just like, yep, they just completely own it. They wear it on their sleeves. So I agree. It's, it's very yeah. encouraging for the future, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, this has been and- remarkable. We have to wrap up here. Uh, because man, we're we're out of time. I, I have so many more questions that I would just love to ask you, but we only have one shot to ask a final question, and we have a couple of of minutes left. Can I ask you if either of you have read my book, my memoir? The memoir written by you and Pete Early. Yes, and there are vignettes from Glenn talking about when I was young. I get emails from all over the world, people who have read it. Yeah, it's called Resilience, a story of mental illness and two sisters. It is a very cool book. I I love Pete and Pete has done a lot for me personally. I believe that uh, Vince has met him a couple of times mm-hmm. um, and he is another person that we're, we, we would love to get on the show if he just wasn't so darn busy, but you are correct. It is a great, great, great read. Um, and, and it's a pretty yeah. easy read too. It's, it's, it's not, it's not a complicated book. It's easy to understand. And like you said, it's, it, it has a lot of stuff about families that just because you have a famous member of your family, it doesn't, it reads like everybody's family. The audio book for resilience, I read almost all of it. Glenn reads her vignettes. And I, one of the reviews said, 
I just loved Jesse's Western twang. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I have a Western twang or not, but it's, I don't it's, think uh, you do at all. <laughs> all, right, on, all right, everyone. On that note, we're going to go ahead and close out the show. Thank you so much, Jesse, for being here. You were a You're wonderful, we could just talk to you for hours and hours. I'm sorry, the show is only 20 minutes. That's okay. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And remember, you can get one week of convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere by visiting betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. Thanks everyone and see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. Psychcentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psychcentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.